You're listening to Lab Notes by Play Labs, where we focus on gameplay, communication, and wellness. Let's get to the lab. Hey, welcome back to Lab Notes. Here we are in 2024. I am here with Jared. Good to be back. And Evan. Happy to be here. And we are the new hosting crew for Lab Notes going into the year. And uh, we're going to change things up again a little bit and uh, get into a bunch of different topics. But uh, let's start off with what we have scheduled for February at the lab. Yeah, so we have a couple of different things cooking. Namely, we have our memberships that have just recently released. Uh, we have two different tiers for those. So if you're looking for something that's a great deal that gets you unlimited playtime at the lab and access to some of our other cool programming that we have coming up in February, definitely give those a look. Or if you want to sign up for the programming without a membership, you can do that too. So we're looking at a couple of learn-to-play classes. We're bringing that back, uh, an opportunity to come in and try your hand at various games that are really popular, uh, games like League of Legends and Overwatch, Valorant, and a few others. So if you're looking for that, definitely check out our Learn to Play series. And we also have some coaching opportunities, coaching for you as players to get better at the games you're trying to improve at. If you feel like you've hit a ceiling, and I know we've all been there where it feels like you can't get any better, and no matter how much you play, you can't break out of a rank, well, our coaching is catered to help you do just that. So if you're looking for coaching at Fortnite, Rocket League, League of Legends, and a couple of fighting games, like starting with Smash Brothers Ultimate, we are your one-stop shop for that. You can go to playlabs.gg coaching to submit an inquiry form about that. We can get with you and possibly get you into some group or individual coaching. So it's are really the big things we have at the lab in February. Awesome. So let's jump right into some topics uh, that we wanted to cover. How about a follow-up to our skill-based matchmaking topic that we had? I don't remember when that podcast came out. We were talking about skill-based matchmaking in various games, and just recently Call of Duty finally acknowledged that there is a matchmaking algorithm that they use, um, skill being a component of matchmaking. And I think we've all read it. What do you guys think? I guess first question is, do you think they're being honest about what they said? Uh, that's a tough one. I don't know. I was going to say yes, but I don't think so. I think there's a little bit of some half-truths in there, maybe. some. Okay. They don't want to give away everything, right? Like mystery or like they don't want to give it away because they're protecting something or they're outright lying? I think it's more of like they're protecting something, sort of like a misdirection kind of thing. Like okay. I think I think the uh, the specific uh, metrics they used in their algorithm are true. I think that, okay. you know, goes across most games and makes sense. But sure. I'm curious, you brought up before, like what was the weight of each one, which I, I would be curious to see what is... What are they telling us is the most important? What is there something, you know, is that different internally or, you know, are they just telling us that? I think if we look at it, you know, there were a couple of specific metrics that were surprising to me, namely voice chat being enabled or disabled, uh, hmm. influencing how your matching is going. Because there's yeah. definitely people that never play with voice chat Maybe and there's definitely reason to not play with voice chat. Right, right. <laughs> We've all been in those lobbies, but... Were there any other metrics in there that were surprising to you guys? So let's talk about that one because that is a good one. And, and this is multiplayer. This isn't Warzone. So if you're going into a multiplayer match and the system is hooking you up with other people that you have no intention of talking to. So if you've ever played Shipment, 
I could care less what my teammates are doing. You're running around in a circle shooting people. It's right. really not like, you know, even if there are points, if there's hard point or domination, there's not much strategy involved in a small map like that or no, even, yeah. you know, rust for that matter is not big enough to really like, hey, guys, we're working on this point. By the time you talk, say that to somebody, you're dead already. So I'm not sure how voice chat really has any impact in a multiplayer match like that. And I guess maybe the idea is, well, if you're not going to talk to anybody, we're going to put you with people that aren't going to talk to you either. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at it, so just for our listeners, this was released by Call of Duty, their their matchmaking process and what goes into it specifically for their competitive, for MW3, so this isn't Warzone again. But the important things in their lobby and what they look at when they're making this matchmaking is one connection, so your ping, uh, two, time to match, so they, they want to get you into games fast. They don't want there to be any delay. And then under that, with no weight to it, these all fall under, under number three, is playlist diversity, recent maps and modes, skill slash performance, input device, which is if you're using mouse and keyboard or controller, platform, so are you PC or console, and then voice chat enabled or disabled. So those are all the things they're looking at. And one thing that they don't have in there that I think is interesting there's no weight applied to if you're queued with a party or not. Mm. Yeah, there's nothing there about a group session. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So maybe that's what they use voice chat to determine. If you're in a party, you're probably using voice chat. I wonder because I have voice chat disabled. I don't yeah, care I do to too. talk to anybody, and like there's no communication needed on my end. Right. It's, right. it's caught. It's so fast. You don't. And so I it certainly does don't want to hear anybody. No. That's really the yeah. big thing for and, me. And it <laughs> right. says enabled or disabled for voice chat. So they don't care if it's enabled and you're just muted. That's right. not a factor. Gotcha. It's enabled just, or disabled. Okay. Is the I have it disabled. I don't have. Yeah, it I have it. Either. Yeah, same. So I wonder, because uh, I've been in huh. matches where I will disable. I'll have it disabled. I'll turn it on because one of my buddies might be in there and like some guy's talking. I just want to hear what he's saying. Right. I wonder if that's part of it. Is that that just helps their time to match thing? Is you have it off? Okay, we don't care if we pair you with people who have it on. You know, because you right. have it off. Anyway, I wonder if that's more huh. of a. Skill is so like different compared to all the other ones, you know, playlist diversity, input, all that sort of stuff. In our podcast, we called it skill-based matchmaking. But if you were to look at that list, if there's what are there ten elements in total? Eight. You know, eight elements. Skill is one. Right. So one eighth of the whole equation is actually skill. So it's not skill-based matchmaking at all, in that regard. It, at least in their it's their multiplayer matchmaking process. Right. And okay. skill is one of the things skill they look at. Maybe factor. that has more weight when you're playing in ranked versus not. Sure. But if any of our, our listeners hmm. want to do a little experiment for us, we'd be curious to know, you know, play three games, maybe five games for a larger sample size. Play five games with voice chat enabled and then play five games with voice chat not enabled and see if there is a significant difference in the quality of your teammates or matches and then let us know in our Discord, which if you're not a part of it and you want to get in it, talk in our podcast channel. You can join our Discord. It's in the Lab Notes section underneath this podcast. So please join up. We want to hear your opinions on everything we're talking about today, not just skill-based matchmaking. And if you want to go back and listen to our other episode on skill-based matchmaking, you can go to our website and just do dash lab notes. And the title of the episode is actually skill-based matchmaking. So that was back on December 1st. If you want to have a little fun and listen to our previous discussion on it and see what elements align with today's episode. I think we were 100% right. <laughs> At the end of the day, I believe what they said the goal is, is accurate. Their goal is retention. Yeah. They want people to keep playing the game. 
And like you had mentioned before, Evan, streamers and high-quality players are going to play regardless. I mean, they're going to whine like little bitches when, you know, oh, I get put in a match all the time with a bunch of people that are sweaty. You know, okay, whatever. Yeah. But you're going to keep playing. That's the point. You're going to keep playing. If you drop a lower-skilled player in matches that are totally sweaty every single time, they're not going to keep playing. They could care less. And I think that's more apparent in probably Warzone, where it's a free game and you have a, a lot larger player base, right? Which means you're inevitably going to have a larger group of average or below average players. Yeah. That's where the, the it's a bell curve distribution. Yeah. So the larger player base does not mean there's more crap players in the game. It means there's more average players in the game. Yeah. Right. It's interesting because I, I know when Zach was on the, on the skill-based matchmaking uh, podcast, he had mentioned how Fortnite does it. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. So I, I, I hadn't really played Fortnite very much, but I played a few games. And for me to get a couple of victory royales in Fortnite and having never played the game, give me a break, right? You That's, know what's going on. The game is, is totally biased mm-hmm. in going, well, we need to throw this guy a bone. Maybe there's a you couple know. of real players in it. I did play a game the yeah. other day for the first time in forever on one of our, our testing accounts for yeah. Playlabs, so a fresh account, uh, and I got a victory royale in a, in a no-build. And I was like, okay. I mean, these yeah. are definitely bots. There's a couple of bots in there that maybe could have been players, but they would have been really bad players. Right, right. Like, either you're throwing me in with really bad players, and whoever the worst bad player is wins or something like that. Yeah, right, right. right. I the see. best worst player, maybe. I want to say I played when I saw that there was a no-build mode, and I just loaded into a solo, and first game I, I got, yeah, 15 kills in one, and I was like, all right. right. I was like, I, I've played Battle Something's Royales off. for a minute. I played yeah. I played PUBG with a, when it was an alpha, right? So I've been playing Battle Royales, and uh, that happened, and it felt hollow. It was like, yep. this isn't yep. real. I didn't get yep. an actual win, because it's a lot harder to do it in a game like that. Like, you have way more factors and other things yeah. going on anything can happen which i think is why people like those types of games so yeah definitely don't feel that with warzone (laughs) no right war i mean they want to complain about matchmaking in warzone but then not realizing that fortnite is blatantly biased oh yeah in in terms of retention going okay well you know if we get this guy to keep playing a little bit and throw him a little bit hey finish this first or second or whatever and you're gonna go oh i'm gonna play again i'm gonna play again it's, uh, I, I use it as the, you know, if you've ever played golf, for most people, 90% of a golf game sucks. They yeah. hate it, they throw their clubs, they're angry about everything, but it's the one or two shots and that great putt or that yep. great drive that keeps you coming back to play again. And it's the exact same mechanic going on in these games. where they're like, If we just get you to almost get there, you're going to want to try again. But if we blow you away every single time, you're going to go, screw this. I'm going to go play something else. Yeah. Well, I think you got to look at the player base too, right? So with Fortnite, uh, you got to imagine it's a younger player base. Nothing against you if you're no. older, you play Fortnite. Uh, plenty of people do. But there are a lot of younger kids that play Fortnite. And those first couple of games, if they win, well, they probably heard their friends talking about how they got victory royales and this and that. So they're like, oh, I got one too. I want to, I want to keep playing. But if a kid plays a game and gets blown out. And when I say kid, I say maybe between like 10 and 15. Uh, if they just get destroyed, they're going to quit because it's easy, uh, unless their parents are doing a good job and they teach them about resilience. Right. But, but uh, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Uh, there's no participation trophies in gaming, really. Nope. Uh, but with Warzone, you have to imagine it is an M-rated game. There's definitely kids playing it, but it's a more mature crowd. So when you go into your first game and you're on a fresh account, it's still going to be a challenge to win. 
And that challenge usually drives people to keep playing as long as they get close. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. If you you know if you finish an even top ten, you're going okay. You know, I'll I'll give this another go. Yeah, I think that's interesting. But there's definitely to to kind of bring that conversation to a close. I mean, there's as I've mentioned many many times about gaming, there's a lot of psychology involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. There's clearly they're talking about their matchmaking process, which was clearly designed by a psychologist going, take the technology and apply psychology to it and go, all right, what's going to get them to keep playing? Exactly. Right? They're <laughs> looking for that retention. <laughs> yep. And when we say retention, we mean they're playing multiple games in a night. They're not just playing one and being done because they're going to come back to it tomorrow regardless if they like the game, but they want them to keep playing another game and another game. Want the lab to yourself? Host a private party and get exclusive access to our entire 3,000 square foot gaming lab for your birthday party, bachelor or bachelorette party, or company event. Visit playlabs.gg party to book today. Use the promo code podcast for a $50 discount. Nate mentioned in there that your purchases have no impact. And I think that's a true statement. I don't believe that your purchases have any impact on your matchmaking. What I do believe is that matchmaking is designed to drive purchasing. You're going to play the game, and if you play the game, you're likely to purchase something. So if we drive you out of the game by kicking your butt every single time, you're not going to buy anything. Simple as that. So a couple of the community questions that went along with Call of Duty's specific Mm -hmm. thing was, uh, does Call of Duty consider playing engagement? So how much time you've played, uh, a factor in matchmaking, nope, they don't care about that. Uh, Does spending money on Call of Duty have any impact in it? And they said money does not in any way, shape, or form factor into matchmaking. And there was a specific question about bots and multiplayer Mm. for COD, and they said they do not use bots as part of the general matchmaking process. And if it changes, they would let people know. Now this, again, this is for MW3. Right. This isn't for Warzone. Um, we, we don't Warzone. know what it is for Warzone. It may be completely different. But I'm guessing this philosophy probably exists throughout where they're not matching people. There's enough people playing Warzone where they don't need to use bots. Uh, sure. I know I would like to have other developers come out and give their kind of input on this. Do you think that this is going to drive Epic to explain their matchmaking algorithm for Fortnite? I think if people ask... I think if it gets, I don't know if they have to. I I don't think they have to, but I and I don't think they will if people keep like if nobody says anything. I don't think they will. But I think if there were some sort of significant portion of their community that said, "Well, hey, they told us, why can't you do it?" You know, they'd probably scramble and find a way to. uh, I don't hear as many people complaining about it in Fortnite as I do in in Call of Duty. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't hear a lot. But uh, to deny that it's happening in Fortnite is. You're just burying your head in this. Yeah. You know what's happening. Yeah. So. And then as far as uh, content creators go, there was a question about that too. And they uh, said they don't change that process for anyone. They don't care who owns the account. If it's a private event that you see your streamers that you like watching, playing, chances are it's a private lobby that they're in. Right. Sure. But you have an equal chance if you're close to that player in all of the metrics that apply. So if you use the same input devices them and you have voice chat enabled and you have a close relative skill and you have a close relative ping, you have an equal chance of getting matched with your favorite content creator as anybody else. I think that's interesting because we don't know for sure that that's true. We know that they take those things into consideration, but we don't know how they apply it. 
We don't know right. how it's weighted. If right. it's ten right. players, are they going? Well, we're trying to find ten a combination, an even mix of ten keyboard and mouse players with ten controller players. Or are we saying for every eight controller players, we need to have two keyboard and mouse players? Right. right. We d- we don't know what the factor, and I don't think we'll ever know that answer. Right. People are going to go. Oh, okay. Well, if I know I'm playing on a controller, I'll end up in a lobby with X then I'll switch the controller or something like that. But I wonder what they'll see in terms of, I'm sure people, content creators, are going to run experiments knowing the system now and how it works and maybe try it with their you know, creator friends and see like, okay, well, we play with voice chat enabled. What happens if we disable it? What if we all use controllers? You know, right. I'd be interested to see, like Breadman uses a keyboard and mouse, right? Mm-hmm. I'd be interesting to see if he got a lobby of five other content creators that all play keyboard and mouse and then they all turn voice chat off and use controllers if they get... Who knows what if they get a bunch of lobbies with people who have no idea what they're doing because all of a sudden that metric, those two metrics have completely changed for all of them. Right. I think that'd be interesting to, to see. Especially and, if their skill is weighted low. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know the chances of that happening, but again, we don't know how it's weighted. Right. right. Now, I don't think anybody's going to say, okay, well, I get easier matches when I'm playing controller. Sure. I'm going to switch from keyboard and mouse. It's not that easy. Right. right. Your performance right. on controller or vice versa on keyboard and mouse, is not going to be the same as to what you primarily use. Right, right. right. For all the advantages that controller has in the game, I... Yeah, I'm purely keyboard. I can't, I can't do I it. I cannot do it. I tried. I'm like, I tried playing the Xbox. I'm like, how do you move with this <laughs> thing? How do you see anybody? And I get why you need aim assist, because there's no freaking way you can snipe with a controller without aim assist. There's no. just no way. And do 180s and stuff like yeah, that to right. turn around and get somebody. Yep. Yeah, it's, yep. it's I mean, a little there's no way. too so. crazy. No, uh, we're not even going to get into that. But. You know, <laughs> collegiate COD and professional COD, you have to use controller. Keyboard and mouse is banned because of the significant advantages it has. Seems like an opposite statement. <laughs> that's that's funny. There's to well, no, 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 because keyboard Because keyboard and mouse have a disadvantage or advantage either way whatever it is if you're looking at flex being yeah. faster with keyboard and mouse there's a reason professional and collegiate says hey you have to use controller you cannot use keyboard and mouse to play do they limit because i know that i think warzone and modern warfare 3 don't they have different aim assist now do they lock that for like college level like yeah, i know they have like black ops 2 like they would say i remember oh, seeing yeah. that where it was like yeah you they use they define all of that okay it's all defined in the rule books but they just they require and nobody can use modded controllers either that's part of yeah. the, the collegiate rule book it's very very precise but that's not a factor in you know just pub lobbies so you have to figure out you know hey who has the advantage here and that's probably why they have input device is part of that weighted metric. I think that uh, in terms of competitive, it should be one or the other. Like I know when they do the World Series of Warzone, everybody plays with their preferred input device. Mm-hmm. And the idea, of course, with aim assist is that in order to be able to compete with keyboard and mouse, you need to have aim assist. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. just no way you could possibly compete with it, which is completely true. Yeah. Um, and I remember I used to get into arguments with my nephew about that. I'm like, dude, the only reason you're able to do that is because the computer is helping you do that. If you turn that off, you would get destroyed. And yeah, it's so true. But that's that's a topic for a different day. <laughs> um, so no, it's interesting. I, I'm glad that they came out with it. I'm proud. I'm I'm pretty happy that they they at least said something uh, and followed up on a statement from last month where they said they were going to say something. So that's mm-hmm. great. It's a good look. It's a yeah. good look for a gaming company yeah. in a time where a lot of gaming companies are looking pretty bad, especially 
with all the layoffs that well, are happening. And that's what I was going to say. Do you think that this is a result of, hey, we just laid off 2,000 people. Let's distract everybody. Classic. With, Classic sure. marketing yeah. oh, psychology. Yeah. With something that everybody wants to talk about. Right. right. So all of a sudden, people are going, oh, man, all these layoffs. Look at what they said about matchmaking. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a pretty it's huge, well time. huge thing for Call of Duty to come out and say, here's our here's our process. And yeah, I, I think absolutely yeah. it's to distract from that because that was a big talking point with yeah. some of my friends recently is just like all, especially Activision Blizzard. Yeah, it was what, 2,000 people? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would definitely say that them Which is, dropping what, that. what, 10% of their workforce? Less than 10% of their workforce. They had 22,000 people yeah. in the Xbox division. Okay. And they didn't say this was purely specific groups of, develop, of developers or anything like that or any, you know, it could be. Well, it's interesting you say media. that because uh, Riot's layoffs were specific developers. They laid off their entire, um, it was like Riot Forge. So it was oh, their okay. a part of their company that developed different titles. So they made ah. like unique experiences oh, okay. that had no relation they still had like thematic relation, but no, it wasn't any of their League of Legends force or, or any gotcha. of that. It was people that worked on things like um, Legends of Runeterra, and uh, they just released uh, a Bandle Tale, which is a game based on League of Legends lore, but it's ah, different. So they finished that title and they said, "Hey guys, we're we're not doing these offshoots anymore. We're focusing on our esports and our our games that are our mainstays," uh, and that's where their layoffs were. I hate to be that person that puts reality into the conversation but this is bound to happen people are bound to get laid off of their jobs say what you want about corporate culture or whatever and corporate culture brings us all the things that we're talking about and playing you can't have a 70 billion dollar merger and go well we're just going to keep everybody even though they don't do anything for us anymore that's just not how that works yeah <laughs> it's not it's it's irresponsible i guess is a better way to say it as a as a company to go, well, we've got these 2000 people that we don't really have a place for, or Activision was complacent and they, they left these people in, you know, who knows if maybe some of this 2000 people that got laid off were shitty employees. Can't tell me that out of 22,000 people, you don't have shitty employees. If you do, right. you're a liar, right? Right, right. So yeah, we got rid of some shit. This is what happens. Sorry. Some people were shitty. Some people were maybe great at their job and no longer needed. And, you know, out of that whole mix, maybe a, a handful didn't just deserve to, just, to lose their job. Exactly. I guess a great way to say it. Yeah. Didn't but if they're that it, good, they're going to find it. They're going to bounce back. They're right? going to be fine. And, yeah. and 98% of the population can't relate to that because 98% of the population is in a position where if they lost their job, they don't know what they would do. Right. All the communication that I hear, when you look at, when you read any thread related to these layoffs, the first thing that comes out are interesting statements from people like, oh, so the same week that Microsoft hits, Microsoft hits a $3 trillion value, they lay off 2,000 people. Un- not understanding, these two things aren't tied together. No, they don't correlate. You know? It's coincidence, uh, if anything. It, but, the, but the statement is, well, they got all this money. They should just keep these 2,000 people. Oh, oh, okay. This is a segue into the next topic, by the way. So I think, oh, well, then Pal World just sold 8 million copies. How come they're not hiring all these people? That's just not how that works, right? 
Right. <laughs> they just sold eight million copies at what twenty six dollars a pop. It was thirty like bucks. That. Thirty, 30 bucks, uh, Twenty seven right? with the Steam discount. Yeah, which okay. is when most like, people bought it. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, then they should just hire all these people, right? They got a ton of money all of a sudden. It's just ignorance, right, to think that that's the case. But that being said, Hell World. I, honest to God, the very first time I heard about it was I saw a post, re, post retweeted from somebody else about Pal World saying we just sold a million copies. And I'm like, what the hell's Pal World? Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I, I definitely heard about Pokemon with guns, okay. you know, like a year ago probably. I, okay. that, that's all I knew. I didn't all know right. what the name of the game was. And then when I saw it was being released within a week of it coming out, I was like, oh, okay, that, that game's coming Got out. Got it. Yeah, I uh, didn't hear a single word about it until I think a couple of days prior where a couple of my friends were like, hey, Pal World's coming out. And I'm like, what? What's that? And they're like, you've not heard of this? I'm like, no. And they're like, oh, it's like Pokemon with guns. I'm like, okay, who's asking for this? Like, <laughs> I, I'm not a Pokemon fan, so I have no idea right. who's asking for it. But I was just like, okay. And then I saw it. And yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. It, it takes... A lot of elements from other games, survival games. Uh, a friend of mine has compared it. It's Pokemon is is there. You know, you can collect your pals or whatever mm -hmm. they're called, mm -hmm. and then it's Ark Survival mm -hmm. Evolved the rest of the way through. It's building bases. It's automating your production of things like mining resources or you know cutting down trees. It's like now you can just automate all that stuff with your pals. So it's like a mix of your survival game stuff with almost like automation you yeah. get a base built and you now you have you know this a whole bunch of pals that are just mining iron and i got a whole bunch that are cutting down trees so i have wood and all this other sort of stuff and i played it enough to where yeah you just once you get to a certain point you can just build like a, a tree farm and then you just have pals that go over and they cut down the trees and then they go put them in a box and hmm. you know all sorts of stuff like that so it's interesting but i had not heard a single thing about it until like a couple of days prior and then all of a sudden, everybody in, in my Discord was playing it. It was... Okay. That's that's how it works, right? And I'll let you guys talk about it, because I haven't touched the game. Uh, no, you I haven't watched, touched it at all? I watched 15... So I watched IGN's first 15 minutes. Okay. Um, they do this with a lot of games, where they play it with no commentary. They just okay. play the game for 15 minutes. All right. And it didn't draw me in. I was like, all right, that doesn't really seem like my type of game. I've played Minecraft. You know, it's... I mean, to be honest, like the most enjoyable part for me, I, I, I played it in our living room with my wife and his mom sitting on the couch. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, so no. she's, I, 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 first time I turned it on, I'm like, hey, check this out. So she's like, all right, well, what, what's going on? And I'm like, I don't know, walking around, and then there's a cat. I'm like, all right, let's see what this is all about. And I'm going to start and punch a cat. I'm like, well, okay, so I like the game already. Right. <laughs> so punch a cat. And she's yelling at me. She's like, why are you punching this cat? I'm like, apparently. I have to wear him down. You have to subjugate him. Yeah, yeah. in order to catch him. <laughs> she goes, well, what do you do when you catch him? I'm like, put, put him, him to work. Him? Like, <laughs> yeah, put him to work. Him, put him to work. I don't know what you, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah, I think I played for about an hour. And I'm like, you know, I just have no desire to play this. I, I It does nothing for me outside of the fact that I kept accidentally hitting left bump or right bumper and throwing spears and then you oh. can't get him back. <laughs> so I was like. Oh, man, I just made this, and then I accidentally hit the button and threw it, and I'm like, forget it, I don't even care. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a huge survival game guy. It's not really my 
style of stuff. It, it really it has to be super specific, I guess. Like, I, I'm kind of picky about survival games. I've played a lot of survival games that want to do something big or different, and most often they all fall apart and they don't do anything that they wanted to really do. Like, it doesn't sell me on, on a lot of that stuff. I've played DayZ is one that comes to mind. I bought that the day it came out in 2014, and it's not been good since. It's been 10 years. It's still pretty crappy um a lot of other games like that that just never really grabbed my interest i played minecraft and that's probably the most i could yeah. i could put my time into and i've put a couple hours into pal world with some of my buddies and it still can't grab me just kind of how like when you were watching it jared it just isn't for you it's it's one of those things where it's i get to a point where i build my base i have a home and i have got like a, a little bit of some like work going on between the pals and, and whatnot and then i just kind of go like all right well you're not grabbing me in by now oh well now i get to go further and you know get iron and then i can make weapons like guns mm. it's like that doesn't really interest me i guess and i maybe it, it, this is more just on my end i'm also not a huge fan of playing survival games where i'm always like the uh like level one and everybody else is level 30 and i always have to keep going and asking for things all or right. getting uh like handouts so to speak like a lot of my buddies can put more time into it than I can, right. and by the time I'm joining with them, it's like, hey, I'm level 10, and they're level 40, and they're like, yeah, I got guns. they've been playing it for a while. Right, it's like, yeah. Or... Yeah, they're like, I got guns, and I have this this dragon that I can ride, and I'm like, oh, I have, wow. like, a lamb and a dog. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, so now there's no fun in I terms of... I tried riding the lamb. It doesn't work. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, so, like... Do you actually get to get on the lamb, and it just kind of, no, like, lays I, there? There are some that you can. There are, yeah. Well, not lambs. Those are completely... You can't uh, use them. punch them. them. Yeah, That's you all just punch them, and then, yeah, you thing. put them to work. Just they walk, they walk around, and they just drop wool every now and then. You can use it yeah. for beds and clothes and stuff, but... Like, I, I, that's part of those games for me, Slavery too. Slavery Simulator? <laughs> so so one of the yeah. big talking points in PAL World has been, like, you see a lot of stuff by, like, oh, it's copying Nintendo intellectual property, and, sure. and Nintendo's going to shut this down, and all the Pokemon fans are going to this, Nintendo needs to keep up. I don't think it's that much of a threat, because I have no interest in it, and I like Pokemon games. Uh, I haven't played many of the recent ones, any of the open-world ones, but, like, if they remade, like, Pokemon Fire Red... And that was old, like, Game Boy Advance, like, one of the first ones. And they put it in this style of world. Not where you can, like, kill them or anything, but literally just copy-pasted the game but made it a 3D open world. You had to walk through everything, and nothing changes. Like, you could remember how you played the original one. I'd probably be more interested in playing that than I would in playing Pebble. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people uh, on, on my side, like, my friends included, talking about the Pokemon aspect and if it is it taking intellectual property I've heard a lot of them say they've been waiting like a lot of Pokemon fans have wanted a game like this for mm -hmm. a long time and they've just never done it so right. these guys went ahead and well, said they did an open world game did they yeah. I, I heard it wasn't what right I heard like at least from from some of the people I talked to it wasn't what they had I guess envisioned for it but I I'm not a Pokemon fan so I have no idea right. but I mean it's clear I mean there's no arguing that there's a parallel no, right. I, well, I would agree. Yeah, and in whether or not I think there's going to be a lawsuit, or I don't think that's going to be the case. But there's nothing like it. Though. There's really nothing like Pal World out there right now. That's the only reason people are drawing comparisons because yeah. yeah, there's creatures that you capture and you can make them fight, and that is the parallel to Pokemon. And there have been other games that have tried to do this, but none of them have been as big as this one is yeah. in the sense with like how many copies it sold. That's the only reason people are talking about it.
This podcast is produced by Podcast Nation. Just like great gamers are made at Play Labs, great podcasts are made at Podcast Nation. Visit us at podcastnation.com to learn more. I think a, a part of it too, at least from from my perspective as well, is knowing that it's a game that came out for 30 bucks and it works. It There are very little bugs. They're, the performance for most computers is great. Most people on any system can run this with great settings and it's very fast. Yeah. And I think that's a huge draw for a lot of people because a mm-hmm. lot of, I mean, you're getting games like uh, Unrelated, it's not even a, a PvP game, but like Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Triple A studio, huge game, huge budget. It doesn't work on release <laughs> for yeah. you know multiple yeah. consoles. And it's PCs, like what seventy dollars. And it's seventy dollars, right. yeah, which is so, crazy. Right. You get so, you, right. you have a twenty six dollar game that works great, you know, runs well. Oh, I can play with my friends, and I can build bases, and I can do this. So of course, I see why people are are drawn to it. And there's a I would say a a, a drought in terms of games like that. I mean, yeah. like I said, people aren't playing Daisy. People aren't playing Ark. I think there's a lot of a lot of people that bought this game that bought it because of the price point and because so many people were playing it and they just want to try it. Sure. So yeah. I'd be curious to see how long this player base survives. Yeah, I mean, um, that's my next question. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So last time I saw, and I don't know what they're up to now, last time I saw there's 8 million copies. So I'll, I'll look at right? what the Steam charts say for uh, for player counts and right now. Last time I looked, player count was 1.6 million. Which is the highest that Steam has ever had. Which which is huge, Over right? So Hell World's number one as of right now, yeah. 908,000. The okay. next highest uh, is 792,000 with CS2. Put that in perspective for just a minute. You've got a game that's been around for 20-something years. Yeah. Right? That's the second highest player base to this day, and it's a very, very specialized game. Oh, yeah. You can't just pick it up and play. No, not like Powell. So, I mean, not, not that I'm talking up CS2 or anything like that by any means, but I give, I give Pal World two months at the most. People will have their play. Have their, so, there will be people that, that stick with it, by all means. They've invested a lot of time. They're going to stick with it. They're going to keep playing it. And unless they keep doing something miraculous with the content. Right. What's the end game know? like? What is, is their replayability? It's an open world, but sometimes you fall into patterns with it. So like games like yeah. Elden Ring, that was great. It had a ton of people playing it in the beginning, and eventually you can kind of experience everything. I think Pal World is worse than Elden Ring, just establishing that. Now, I think Elden Ring is a fantastic game. But Pal World, yeah, I mean, we are recording this episode sometime in early February is all I'm going to say there. So when we come back in March, we'll have more episodes between now and then. But when we come back in March, so a month from now, what are your predictions for the current player count for Pal World in about a month? Okay. So we're at 908,000 right now. And this is probably a low. It's kind of yeah, midday. Midday, yeah. Understood. So we're just going to call it a cool call million. A million. Yep. Yeah. What are we down to in March? We'll come back to this. I'm thinking, I'd say like between 600 to maybe 750,000 people. I think it's going to, I think it's going to drop, but I, I I think a very important thing is what is the end game? What is the what's the rest of it going to be like? Because once you get to the end and you've beaten the game and you've collected all the pals and you've got, uh, you know, (laughs) basically a small country of pals, Mm -hmm. you know, making stuff for you. What else is there to do other than sit and watch your empire grow (laughs) in in a sense? Right. I'd say six hundred thousand. Maybe. So so the 24 hour peak for it in the last seven days, it's been one point six million. That's release. That Yeah, that's over the last seven days. That's release. I think that's an unfair number, right? Everybody heard about it. They got crazy over it. And, you know. So looking at the peaks and valleys, when it's in a valley, it's hovering around a million players. 
the lowest it's got is upper 700,000s. And then it, it always peaks in like 1.5 million or higher. Which is funny, right? I go, well, so you sold 8 million copies. Does that really mean that 6.5 million just stopped playing it? I, <laughs> um, right? I'm curious. To you know, obviously that, it's not right? all the same people I get that. But, right, you right. Know? <laughs> that's, a, that's a crazy, I mean, that's important to, to remember, right? It's got that much, that many copies sold because of those situations where I have no interest in it, but 10 other people are playing it. So, all right, I'll sure, pick, right, fine, I'll pick right. it up. $30, $30 is bucks. easy to say. Okay, yep. I'll try yep. it. Okay. $70 well, to I mean, try don't it. Don't forget, it's on Game Pass. Yes. Everybody forgets that it's on Game Pass, which no, those numbers are not calculated into, those, into the sales numbers on Steam, of course. I didn't pay for it, and I have no intention of paying for it. I got it on Game Pass, and I played with it on my Xbox, and I was like, eh, whatever. Yeah, and the only you reason know. that you're that most people bought it on Steam was because the, the game preview version on Game Pass is an older version of the game that doesn't support third-party servers, which is what a lot of people are using right. on Steam is a third-party site to host a server, and, and that's where you're getting, like, yeah, your 20-player servers and, sure. you know, playing with your buddies and stuff. So so Evan's Evan's low prediction is, like, 650000 I'm trying to be generous and say that, but, yeah, 650 Okay. okay. Where I'm at. I think there's going to be some features released in the next 30 days that will drive up the player base. I think it's going to go up. I'm going to go with 1.3 million. You think on, on average it'll be... It'll go up in the next 30 days. By the time we meet again, the average will go up higher, only to drop down to nothing. <laughs> I'm going to say whenever we record in, in February, it'll be around 500,000 playing going to go down even lower i think it's yeah. going to go lower i've seen this story time and time again right. with popular games that are hyped at the start i'm not saying i'm going to be right but i'm saying <laughs> what i've seen with the last couple of games that have been all the rage coming out i think there will be some new features it really depends on what the studio does with all this money that they're making right, right. are they going to go to another project a lot of talk about pal world was that it's kind of a reskin of a game they had already done that didn't really do anything that wasn't that successful and they just used a lot of that game's base uh, and people that are giving them shit for it you guys yeah. need to stop well, because I mean, yeah, why Fortnite. wouldn't they use something they already designed isn't that what Fortnite was yeah yeah and like yeah use a base and then yeah. they built pokemon with guns on top of it and they sold eight million copies like yeah, yeah. they did something right they didn't do something wrong absolutely there's nothing wrong with that i'm leaning more towards jared's prediction because i think that it's going to to definitely be a drop we uh I, i've talked about it with uh, some people in in discord as well like Come like uh, I know that some most gamers probably don't care about it, but like during game awards season and stuff like that, I'd be very shocked to hear this game even mentioned other than maybe best community support or like you know best ongoing. Like like yeah. I think it's one of those games that released so early in the year that when we're getting the bigger releases later this year, whatever they end up being, and mm -hmm. more news comes out for bigger titles, GTA Six, like that sort of thing, it's going to kind of fall to the the wayside. I think it'll I think it'll still stay somewhat strong, but I think it's it's not going to this success that we're seeing right now is the highest it will be. I don't think any feature they could introduce would get it back to where it was unless it was... Unless all, that PvP they're coming right. uh, Like is, a PvP on a whole new island with new pals. Okay, Pal now World, I see it. Pal World best eSport of 2020. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's there's definitely something that can happen there, and I, I'm banking on that they're going to... You know, they want to sell more copies. Yeah. Right? We'll, we'll see. And, you know, leading into summer, right, we'll be in spring... And people are still going to be playing. It's still cold. All right. Well, hey, that wraps up our return to 2024 Lab Notes podcast. Uh, as we had mentioned several times, let us know what you're thinking. Jump in our Discord. Jump in our podcast channel. All available right in the Lab Notes notes. We will see you shortly. I don't know when we're going to do the next one, honestly. 
See you in the next one. All right, game on. Thanks for listening to Lab Notes. Visit playlabs.gg to find out more about our programming and schedule. Be sure to join our Discord and pop into the podcast channel to ask us questions or tell us what you think. See you next week. Game on!